Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and our YouTube channel where you can access all of our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Everybody good? Come on, how's the fam doing this morning? Yep, yep, yep. The Lord is so good and He is so faithful. He's so faithful. Today we're going to talk within the message series, This Is My Body, about risk. Risk. Everyone played the board game Risk? It takes three days. Uh, <laughs> we used to play it in the summer back at our second house, and we used to just keep it on the table. It would take forever. It would take a few days in the summer. But I'm not talking about the board game today, but something kind of foreign to our culture. Something that I've, I mean, if you think about the, the word choice uh, in our vocabulary, oh, uh, wordle, uh, <laughs> risk might not even be in the, well, it's not five letters, but risks. I don't know. I can't say that. I'm like a country boy. I can't say risk. All right. <laughs> Talking about risk today, though. God's been doing something in my heart regarding this for the last um, month or so. And I feel like I want to share it to um, the people. Uh, I have a new one. I, th- I think, yeah, so I spoke on January. So I would have Jet by then. But we have a new baby. Jet. How old is he, Chantel? Almost five months. Come on, give it up for my wife. Three kids, and she looks great. I would have you stand up, but she would probably kill me. Looks as great as ever. So our our baby's going through something. um, So like when the baby cries, I'm like, what's going on? And uh, Chantel's like, it's a mental leap. You ever heard of that? Any ladies out there read a whole bunch about what's going on with your baby? Mental leaps. So there's things that go on inside babies that, um, like, mentally they develop, like, at a, such a fast rate. Of course, right? And it, it develops in such a way that it overwhelms them and bombards them. It makes them feel uncomfortable. So they don't sleep. Like, we didn't sleep much last night. <laughs> like... Uh, well, you more than me, but I try, I try, but I got a big message tomorrow. <laughs> I'm such a baby, by the way, if you don't know that about me, I'm a, I'm a yeah, dramatic little baby. But our, our, our little son, he goes through mental leaps, um, but it's for, his, it's for his improvement. And maybe today you're listening for a word from God and you might be a little bit uncomfortable I don't know where you come in or or where you find yourself or what you've heard from the pulpit or what you've heard from God, but you could feel like a little kid. And and unless you come to God like a little kid, you can't even enter the kingdom of God. You can't even find it. So we look at kids to give us an idea of what it's like in the kingdom of God. And maybe when I'm sharing some of these messages that I feel the conviction of my heart, you might feel like a little bit uncomfortable or bombarded or overwhelmed. But just let it sort itself out. 
and believe that God by his grace will use this being uncomfortable for his purposes and his plan, his will in your life. By his grace, by his mercy. I'm talking about risk today, but, but God is going to use this. Not about sometimes when, I'm, when I was a kid, you know, and, and even now, like I think about risk, I think about doing. But I would like to change that to risk being the person God's called you to be. Dare to be that person that God intended you to be before you were even created, before you were even a thought. That God knew who you were, that God had set you apart before you were in your mother's womb, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. All these things risk, dare to be the person God has created you to be. No matter where you came in, no matter what you feel about yourself, your identity, your opinion of you, dare to be. Church, the body of Christ, this is my, my body. I want to call you up and challenge you today, exhort you and say, dare to be the person God's called you to be. And don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed if he's calling you to do something outside of your safe zone, your comfort zone. Because he'll be with you. He'll be with you. The definition of risk is a situation involving exposure to danger. Risk, in my opinion, is stepping into the unknown. And risk to the world, of course, is different to risk from the perspective of an apprentice or follower of Jesus. So what sparked this in me? And I got to kind of get going because I want to make sure I get to everything that God has planned today. Amen? Amen. So I was watching this documentary on Netflix. Um, anyone seen The Alpinist? Anybody seen that? Yeah, it's wild. Anyone, raise your hand if you've seen The Alpinist documentary. So this dude literally is, is climbing on like ice with no ropes. You got to look, look it up. It's wild. He was born the same year as me, 1992. And uh, I was like, wow. His life is risky. <laughs> and then I also thought, wow, my life is safe. <laughs> my life is really safe. Well, I don't want to spoil it for you because it looks like nobody watched it. But maybe it means, maybe, maybe it means no one cares. So I can spoil it for you. Anyways, the kid, he's my age, climbs all these amazing peaks, but he ends up um, like literally in the documentary, dying. <laughs> no, it is. It's a serious, I mean, it is. I mean, I turned to Chantel, we were, we were watching it in the middle, and we're just like anxious as can be. And uh, I'm like, is he dead? And she looked it up, and she's like, you want me to tell you? <laughs> Actually, but, but, but anyways, anyways. <laughs> What I, I, what I felt was that you would interview this kid and they would ask him if he regretted it. You know what I know he would say? No. I knew that. I knew that he would answer that question that way. Because he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, what he felt like he was supposed to be doing. How much more the people of the church... 
I mean, is, is the whole purpose of this thing to be safe and comfortable and just to, just to get by? I mean, I don't want to just put it on, because this, this is what I'm talking to myself. To have it all together, right? Like I, like, I want my kids to be safe and protected and provided for, all that. And I think God does too. But I don't, I, I don't want to... Listen to myself over, over that with, with what, what God is, is wanting to do in my life. And, and I'm limiting him because I'm, af- I'm afraid. Anybody else? I'm, I'm afraid to step out of my comfort zone into the unknown and, and talk to that person at the Y working out when, when they probably need someone to talk to them about Jesus. They're, pro- they're probably seeking the Lord in their prayer. Ba- I mean, they're probably, God, I just, I don't know if there's a God up there, but God, I, and, and we are afraid because of how we'll, we'll, we'll be, we'll appear, our reputation, our, what, you know? So this, this got to me. But, but again, I, I, I don't want us to, to separate, I don't, I don't want us to go, okay, risk and just talk about a doing, a doing, because this is where Fear is allowed because if you do outside of the connection with Jesus, you should be afraid. So you step out on the boat without Jesus, without your eyes on him, you should be afraid. And sometimes when a pastor would tell you to come to the altar or something, God's speaking in your life, don't come to the altar without God. Stay connected to him. Sometimes we think, uh, when, I, when I think of, of risk, God's going to call me to do, I think of going to Africa and being a missionary. Like, I don't want to go to the altar because God could call me to go to Africa and be a missionary. <laughs> or God's going to call me to be a celibate monk and shave my head and, <laughs> and be poor my whole life. Like, that's what we think when we think of risk a lot of times. The, I'm talking about the Christian kids. That's what we think of. I'm talking about being. The, the doing will come. And I want to get to the people in Scripture, but the people that walked with Jesus, the people that we read about, there's no people that we read about outside of the realm of risk. That, that's the whole point that we would read about them. It's because they're extraordinary because of what God had done and what they trusted God to do in them and through them. But it's about a great being, the risk that is being. Christian missionary... Killed by the Aka means savage people in Ecuador. Jim Elliott says he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. I want to challenge you to step forward and to believe God today. We are his body. We're supposed to represent him well on the earth. How many times in scripture Jesus said, be not afraid? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for what you're speaking to us. We believe, Lord, in what you want to do. We believe you today. We serve the God of all creation. We serve the God who breathed stars into existence. We serve a God who measures the universe by the palm of his hand. We serve a God that is so great and so mighty that we can't even stand in his presence. But we also serve a God 
that came down low for us as a worm, as a servant, and washed our feet. We serve a God who spread his arms wide on a tree that all of us would be afraid, but he stepped in into risk and spread his arms wide on a tree for us and poured his heart out and his blood dripped so that we would find life and have it more abundantly so that we wouldn't have to be afraid so that we wouldn't have to struggle in paralysis so that we would live with peace but that's peace out on the water that we would trust you Lord God with every aspect of our life and not just talk about it not just come to church to look pretty but God that we would listen to you and follow your voice. That we would be a generation of people set aside for your kingdom and your power and your glory. Glory be to Jesus, God most high, Lord of all creation. In Jesus' mighty name, the name above all names, somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all right to worship. If you want to worship Jesus, God stirs in your heart and you want to worship and you want to stand and shout, go ahead. I want the Lord to interrupt me. Man. I don't want to talk too much, God, where you, where, where you can't have space to fill in the places you want to fill in. Do it, Lord. Let's talk about risk. I have um, an acronym for you. I, I think that's what it's called. If it's not, Devin, you told me it's called an acronym. It's uh, <laughs> R-I-S-K. When we do that, that sounds pretty simple, right? Talk about risk. Risk. Where do we begin? Resistance. Star Wars. Are you a member of the resistance? <laughs> FN2187. I, I, like, I like the new ones. I don't mind them at all, but... Part of the resistance. Resist the cultural pull. Sometimes I feel like in my life, I just want to resist for the sake of resisting. You know what I mean? Like, it's all right to have Snapchat, TikTok, it's all right to have all that, but I just feel like, why? Maybe I'll just resist just for the sake of, it's because I don't want my whole life to revolve around that, right? You, you go through the drive-thru, you see everybody's on their phone, we're all, we're all just... So we are. We're all just weirdos on our phones. <laughs> uh, I, I want to resist. It's, it's a slow fade, and it's very subtle, the influences, if you're not careful. And, and you might look at as someone irrelevant. Out, you, you don't, man, you don't fit. Are you kidding? You don't have this or you don't have that. Dare to resist the pull of culture. For, for you, child, are not of the world. John 17, you got your Bible, let's turn to it. John 17, verse 14, this is what Jesus says about his disciples. This is us. I like the pages turning. You like the pages turning? Come on. Turn them louder. People are like, oh, I don't have a clue where it is. John, uh, the New Testament, go to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then good old John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. 
greatest chapter. John 17, you there? I'm there. Verse 14. Jesus said, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are, what's that say? They are not of the world. Any more than I am of the world. Wow, Jesus, that's all. You compare us with you? My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world. He says it again. Even as I am not of the world, sanctify them, consecrate them, set them apart as holy by the truth. Your word is truth. Verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. You are not of the world. You're not called to conform. Paul writes in Romans, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. James says to resist the devil. Now we understand risk is different from the perspective of the world. The world looks at a Christian and says, that's, that's risky. Living under a lordship, an authority, Someone essentially telling you what to do. When we know being under Jesus' authority is our protection, provision, and our power. And it is ultimately our liberty, our freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the world living according to the ways of the world, we know as Christians, is very risky. And it's just chains wrapped up under the idea, the, the, it's, it's pretend that it's freedom. And it's not. It's, it has an appearance of it. But, but the addictions that we fall prey to, the things that we have to do, the things that the world causes us to have to do, is just chains. It's bondage, and we think it's freedom. We know that living under the authority of Jesus is freedom. But living according to the world as Christians is risky. Living outside of the Lord's favor You would miss who you were designed to be. The pure, true self, destined by God. Can I remind you without insulting your intelligence, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? We know the way the culture views marriage. It's risky. But we know that two is better than one. We know that a wife is more precious than rubies and we know that this represents Christ in the church and we see it so clearly when we love it when we love someone so selflessly where we would do anything for them to the world it's risky to us the reward is worth the risk as it was when God created Adam and Eve with free will that the reward of loving somebody that needed to choose me was worth the risk. You mean to tell me he couldn't see it coming potentially, but he, I wanted to love you. I want to show my love to you. That's what God said. So he did it anyway. He chose to create them with free will. The risk 
The reward is worth it. And then, of course, the risk of having kids. You got to do your career. You got to get you. When we know that, that the kids are arrows in the quiver. Oh, we know that your blood can be passed down from generation to generation. May his favor be upon you for a thousand generations on your family and your children. Let's resist, man. Let's not live our lives in conformity with the things of this world just because everybody says it's cool. You know what I think's cool? And this is what I want for our church. I don't want to have a church where we just come and we all look like hipsters. <laughs> That's all right. Most of the time I got holes in my jeans. I don't, I don't want to have a church where everybody has it all together. Where everybody's uptight. Everybody, everybody looks good. And we got it all together, right? Shake my hand, dab me up. No. I'm, I want a little bit of hair and mess. I want a little bit out of control for Jesus. You know what I think's cool? I think worshiping Jesus, unashamed. <laughs> a little bit of eyes bloodshot from the presence of the Lord. A little bit of out of control crying and Shout unto God with a voice of triumph because he rescued you and delivered you and set you free. Come on, somebody. Come on. Where we pour our hearts out to one another, where we realize none of us have it all together, but there's one perfect king, one perfect savior, and that's who we gather for. That's why we come. That's why we worship. Come on, give him praise. And this church, call me an idealist, is every tribe, every tongue, every nation is red, yellow, black, and white. They are favored in God's sight. They're precious. And we all just love Jesus. You know what that's called? That's called heaven. And Jesus said for us to pray, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So this should be the church's prayer. Say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Resist it. Resist the pool. In the presence of the Lord, in the intimate place, these risks that we talk about and often hear entertained in our heads, they might not even appear as risks anymore in his presence. They are seen from the outside perspectives. When people look at your life, they could say, wow, he's risking things. He could live his life in this way or that. But you know because you're connected to the vine, you're connected to Jesus, that this is just you being obedient to his call. And they're just vulnerable situations of trusting the leadership of Jesus. John Tyson in his book, The Beautiful Resistance, says the joy and satisfaction that come from being faithful to Christ will always be richer than the mere ease that comes from drifting along the cultural currents. So let us resist. 
Number two is take inventory. Take inventory. Take inventory of what you have and what you're able to invest. I'm reminded of my message a few weeks back, asking the question, what's in your hands? What are you called to steward? What has God given you? That at the end of your life, you will give an account for what he's given. What are you called to steward? So let's read this in Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So turn back to the left to Luke 14. I'm talking about inventory. Resistance. Now take inventory. This walking in the rhythm of risk. Walking in the realm of risk. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Sorry, are we there? Okay, Luke 14, verse 28. Luke 14, verse 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost? Everybody say cost. Cost. To see if you have enough money to complete it. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Now there's a lot there. But the main thing I want us to understand is count the cost of discipleship to Jesus. Count the cost of discipleship to the world. What do you have to give? What are you willing to give? What are you going to give in this situation? Take inventory. What's in your hands? And remember, when you think about it, it's, you know, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your workplace, your circle, your resources, the, the people that you have. But don't remember when you look at your hands and you take inventory of your life that the greatest thing you have is the grace of God on your life. And you're called to steward the Holy Spirit in your life. Your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. What an opportunity we have. So we look down and we we see all the gifts, everything that God's given to us. Say, now God, what do you want me to do with it? Your Your will be done in me. What, what is the cost? Let's, let's estimate the cost of, of where to begin. Because we know that God is faithful to complete the work. So what about, what about the cost of conformity to culture? What about the cost of discipleship? Count the cost. This is important. On to Matthew 25. Keep turning to the left. And this is a long scripture. So I'd like everybody to get there if you can. This is a scripture that maybe Pastor Tim would say PTSD regarding post-traumatic scripture disorder. But we need to talk about it. If you, I'm going to spill this eventually. But we don't like to talk about this, but, but Jesus said it. Is it all right to share what Jesus said? I hope it is. Matthew 25, verse 14. is a parable that maybe many of, you, many of you guys know, but I would like to read the whole thing and not stop. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. 
To one, he gave five talents. This is, this is money, but I like the word talents. It's the way I always thought about it as a kid. To another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them at once immediately, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with him. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, could, could you imagine the day? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. What a reward. What a reward. The joy of your master. Mm. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. There's a return on your investment. His master said to him, well done. Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. Wait, this is different. Wait, this one's different. He, he responds differently. The one just, the, the, you gave me five, here's five. Master, the, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. Verse 25, so I was, everyone say it. So I was afraid. And I went and hid. Everyone say that. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here what you have is yours. But his master answered him. You wicked and slothful servant. You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and in my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast... We don't, do we believe that? Yes. Amen. I don't know if we, I don't know if we believe it. 
and cast the worthless servant in the outer darkness. Do you know how hard the enemy fought me to stop this verse? We just, we just think it's all right. It's just all right to not use what we have for God. Just, just, oh, it's okay. I'll use it for the world. It's okay. The church don't need help. It's okay. I, I just, What do I do with this, God? What, what do I even do with this when I share it to the people? Just weep? We just need... We, why? Afraid. Playing it safe. Wanting to be comfortable. Wanting not to, uh, to appear overzealous. Worried. The master is a hard man. You might do something wrong. When you don't use what you have for his kingdom, you will be miserable. When you've heard about it, when you know that, that God, the conviction of your heart, God calling you, you take inventory and you know what's, what you're stewarding. Some of you steward a, a gift of leadership and anointing on your life and you're not stewarding it. I mean, some of you, hospitality and service, that, that you have a favor on your life that, that God wants you to steward. Because to see that the church, for us to function the way that God intended, every part has to be functioning. Every part. Why be afraid? Take inventory. The reward, guys, the reward, we don't even have to talk about that last part, honestly. I mean, we have to, but the joy of your master. Each one, they weren't even concerned. They, they, they gave it all to God. And he said, well done, good and faithful. And they entered in the joy of their master. What a beautiful picture. We don't even have to, you as a believer, you don't even have to think about the outer darkness. I get it as, as an evangelistic tool that, that we need to share this with people, people inside the church and outside the church, yes. But the joy, be consumed with the joy of your master. Seeing his face as, as he multiplies your gifts. Seeing his face when you step out of your comfort zone and just, just believe God and just follow him. Be consumed with seeing well done, good and faithful servant. For Jesus, the joy set before him, what? Endured the cross. For the joy set before us, not, not in fear of punishment, not in fear that he's a hard man. This was wrong. This was, this was a wrong way to address God. It was as a, as a kid comes up to Abba, Papa, Father. Here's, here's my toys. Duke bringing them to, to Dad. Here they are. Enter into the joy, son. Enter into the joy,
There was a disconnect with the standard, exclusive of his love. And if we're not careful, we can swing, swing the pendulum with this. It's easy to swing the pendulum. When you go, God is love. God is love and merciful. But then you can get consumed with the truth or you can get consumed with people not doing that. And you go, well, God is a hard man. And, and it was wrong. The, the, the standard that God had set, the way that it was wrong, was outside of the connection with the love of the Father. When we, when we step into places and zones where it's outside of the connection of His love, even in the name of, we can say the name of the Bible or whatever, some of us even do it sometimes, you know. It's easy to swing the pendulum, but we don't. It's, it's connected. We, we take risk, but we stay connected to the vine. We stay connected to Jesus always. We, we can't say, I have these gifts and I take inventory. Now I'm going to step into something without him. You can't do that. Take inventory. You, you realize the gifts that you have for And then you ask him <laughs> how to go about using them. How to go about walking in them. And this is what, what growth track's about. We, we want to get you to find out who you are. But then ask the Lord not just to fit in with what we do. That's a way to start. But then also allow the Lord to expand your life into really the things that we've never even thought of that God wants to do in and through you. And we want to say yes to you, but you got, we got to start somewhere. So we take inventory and we rely on the love of God. Sometimes we just want to rely on safety, security, comfort, routine. I'm a big routine guy. But it's not. It's not really even security. It's false. It's a false sense of security. We don't have control. Some people that have dealt with sickness and that type of stuff, you think you have control, but then something outside of your control comes in. You realize how little control you actually have. The only control is Jesus and give him, his, give him our life. Everything else is a sand foundation. It's not rock. So we know and rely on the love God has for us. The way to live. We resist and we take inventory. And now, now I think sometimes we feel like I just want to rush ahead. I just want to go. I just want to do. And I feel like what we need to do now is be still. Number three is stillness. And I might have to skip ahead, but, or just make these short. <laughs> Psalm 46, verse 10 says this. So we resist the pull of culture, understanding that we're not of the world. We're in the world, but not of the world. We take inventory of what we have, what we're called to steward, what we're given account for, and, and we step out into the unknown. And then, and then we, we take this moment of connection with the Lord. Of stillness. Be still and know that I am God. 
I'm telling you, man, the, the number of times that I've felt the Lord calling me and I've been afraid because I think I have to step out there without him. And you don't have to answer the call of obedience without the one who called you. That's what the Holy Spirit's for. That's what the advocate's for. That's what his grace is for. He's with you. Just, just trust. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Because if you try to go out from outside of who you are and who he's called you to be, you'll miss it. You'll be like that man, even unintentionally, that knew he was a hard man. This is part of the altar process, I'm going to call it. That you take what God is speaking to you and you come and you lay it at the feet of Jesus. That's what's so beautiful about creating an altar. Now, there's nothing inherently special about this place, but there's something special about you in your own physicalness, your own flesh, listening to the Lord and saying, I'm going to step out from, from where I am and I'm going to walk up to a place and, and, and essentially, as they did in Scripture, lay my life down on the altar. That... that it means all kinds of things. It don't, it don't mean that, that you just murdered three people. It, 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 don't, it don't mean that you don't know Jesus, that you're some desperate, crazy person. And even if, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I, I'll tell you what. If I wasn't up here, I'd probably be there every, every Sunday. There's just something about being in the church. There's something about being with the people of God in a moment where you, you hear worship and you hear a, a message and you just want to respond and you just want to have a moment of stillness, of sitting before the Lord and say, here I am again, Lord, every Sunday. I, I just, I just, it's just a reminder that I lay my life down on the altar. Amen. Yes. You should have a routine of that. Whether it's here, whether it's at your seat, whether it's when you wake up in the morning, whatever it might be, a routine, routine like St. Augustine says, either way, Lord, your will be done. The spirit of indifference, either way. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Mark 6, 31 said, he said to them, come with me by yourselves. This is Jesus talking to his disciples before they feed the 5,000. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And then number four is this, no. You say, Dustin, I wonder if that's just because that's the only K you could find. <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> no, K-N-O-W. Be still, same verse. Be still and know. There's something different about when you just know. I'm, I'm terrible at finding stuff at my house. Like uh, Chantel tells me to go find something, and I'll be like looking. She always makes fun of me. I wish she, was, uh, she went out or something. Um, I, I, she says I look like this. I'm looking for something, I'm looking for a binky, and she's like, you just look like this. How are you ever going to find anything if you just, if you don't pick anything up? Any other guys look like that for stuff? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I am. How are you ever going to do that? So I was looking in the medicine cabinet one time, and she said, I know it's there. And that changed my whole mind. You know, I was like, it's here. 
I, I, don't have, I don't have to go look anywhere else. I don't have to pretend to look here. You know what? She said it's here. I know it's here. It changed everything for me. I thought about that with God, though. You might be like that. I don't know where. I don't know where. It's there. I'm there. No, I'm here. Come on, somebody. No, I'm here. No, I'm in it. Be still and know that I am God, that I am faithful to see it through, that I'm faithful and I keep my word every time, and my word will not return void. Come on, somebody. Somebody believe in the promises of God today. Someone believe that he can do a miracle. Someone stand up and just believe God today, that he can do what he says he was going to do. Come on, he's faithful. 1 John 4, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment when we stand before God. In this world, we are like Jesus. Come on, body of Christ. In this world, you are like Jesus. Because the metaphors are real. And we are his body. We are his people. Many members, different colors, different accents. All of us, different IQs, different gifts. All of us connected, united for a specific purpose. For the king to get glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. amen. Can we give God some praise? Come on, Ben, why don't you guys come up? Just have a couple of final thoughts, um, unless you want me to keep going for uh, 40 more minutes. Mm. The, the shine kids are paging me, so I can't. <laughs> Just paging, do we do that? Do we do that these days? Paging, that's called an Apple Watch. <laughs> Just um, so I was thinking about, you know, the people in Scripture. And the risk, right? Kind of alluded to it earlier. About the risk that people went through in Scripture that we all read about, we think is awesome, but they're actually real lives. People that really trusted God. People that really believed in Him. And that, that stepped out of their comfort zone. Can I interview a few of those people? Do I have poetic license enough to interview a few of those people from the Bible? Starting with the woman that suffered with bleeding for 12 years. How did you feel? Exposed? Vulnerable? Humiliated? Afraid? Perhaps. But I could not resist the love of Christ. I was so in need. I needed to touch the hem of his garment. <laughs> Mary. Wasn't it a waste? The perfume, the expensive perfume you poured out on Jesus? <laughs> I had to pour it out. I don't know what it was. <laughs> to, a, to a world that doesn't know the connection that I have with Jesus and the love, I had to pour it out. How about you, Peter? I'm sorry I couldn't help to stay on the boat with everyone else. 
I had to get out to walk on the sea with my master. And I know, I know I fell, but it was worth it. I knew he would pick me up. How about you, little kid? <laughs> that lunchbox you had, was it risky to give it? Well, no. The church needed it. <laughs> I wasn't sure what they were planning to do with it, but I knew in my heart I needed to give it up. And so I gave it to this man named Jesus. And he broke it and thanked God for it and fed 5,000 and there were leftovers. How about you, David? I could not allow this Philistine to defy the armies of Yahweh. My God was greater. It was no risk at all. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the furnace, you knew that, right? Yeah. We knew we had to be obedient to the Lord. That's all that mattered to us. We were content connected to Yahweh. We would not bow. We would not budge. We knew we had to resist. Turning to Jesus, the Father gave it all. He who did not spare his own son, the love I have for my people, my children, seeing them together, seeing them shine, seeing them worship, Oh, it's such a joy to the Father's heart. Seeing them walk in freedom, it's beautiful. How about you, shepherd, who left the 99 to find the one? Risky? No. Worth it. Yes. Isn't that awesome? So the perfume poured out was risky. The pennies the widow gave were risky. The touch of the garment was risky. Accepting the spies was risky. David before Goliath was risky. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before the king, risky. Daniel in the lion's den was risky. Hosea chasing after a prostitute named Gomer was risky. Peter stepping out of the boat was risky. The father accepting the wayward prodigal son, risky. The shepherd leaving the 99 to find the one, risky. Paul turning the pharisaical, turning from the pharisaical way to the way of the cross, risky. Jesus at the cross, because while it was, we were still sinning is risky. The father giving his son for a wretched nobody like me, risky. But thanks be to God, those people answered the call to be who God was called them to be. Amen. Come on, give them praise. Give them praise. Let's stand up. Can we stand up today? And we're going to worship. We're going to ask the Lord to speak to us. And we're going to pray for you. If you want to come to an altar and pray and respond, feel free. There's a couple things as I want to close, and I know we're at 50 minutes. Is that all right, 50 minutes? It's risky going beyond 50 minutes. <laughs> and when our attention span is, you know. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. Then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Matthew 13, 44. Buying the field, you ever bought a house? Kind of risky, right? Feels risky. Feels risky to me. 
Imagine knowing there was a treasure inside that house. A little different. Easy sell, Steve McGray. Easy sell. Many of us are stuck in the position where they're talking to the realtor. Let's pretend I'm the realtor. You ever been with a realtor that's not good at selling stuff? Not Steve. Steve's good at selling stuff. And like, they're like, I, there needs to be work done. Listen, there's a treasure here. Sell everything you have for this place because you can't lose. Sometimes, not the judge, I'll listen to preachers. And I feel like, feel like a realtor. Talk about all the other stuff in the house. All the other stuff. And sometimes I just feel like, tell them about the treasure. We, we can talk all we want. But if you don't tell them about the treasure, they won't sell. They won't buy. We got to sell tell them about the treasure. Jesus, son, when you're walking, you don't have to be a preacher. But you got to tell them about the treasure. He is the fulfiller of your life. He is the satisfier of your soul. He is the fount that never runs dry. He is your refuge and strength. He is your deliverer. He is your liberty. He is your power. He is your provision. He is everything you've ever needed. He is what your heart longs for and yearns for. Oh, come on, somebody. That's who he is today. Oh, we got to tell him about the treasure. He is the treasure. And when he's represented well, it's easy to let go of everything else. For the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace. As I'm finishing, one more, one more thing. Because I, huh, I, I, I could not get this out. Don't forget, if you want to just stay there, stay there in your response. But as I was preparing this message, I've never been one, the guys laughed at me in staff, but I've never been one to feel like I'm called to preach to women. But this message, when I talked about the hem, and I, and I saw the pennies that she gave, and I saw the poor perfume that was poured out, and then I read this verse, I could not think of anything else that God wanted to do a miracle in some women today. I'm going to call you girls because I think it's just God's kids. His girls, his, his girls, his people. Mark 5, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. This is for some lady here. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. 
When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. And this is what I speak over you. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum. Talitha kum, which means little girl. I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up. Getting to walk around. She was 12 years old at this. They were completely astonished. Talitha kum. Talitha kum. Little girl, I say to you, get up. Rise up. Don't be afraid. He's got you. He's got you. Lord, I thank you for your presence and your sweet spirit in this place. God, I thank you for what you're saying to your people. I just yield to the work of your hand. You're walking among us. You're moving among us. You're taking people by the hand. You're taking people by the arm and saying, yeah, the little girl, get up, get up. <laughs> get up. Child, know who you are. I've been waiting for this moment, God says, for you to see yourself as the precious jewel that you are. What you got on your life Get up. Get up. And men, let's lead our houses. Let's lead our house in the resistance. Let's lead our homes. Let's be a church. Let's be a body. Together with many members. Not the same. All different. All unique. Mend our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. For your glory and speak to us, continue to speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.